Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. All right, got a couple of things I want to hit, but we we asked Congressman Boebert to come on the show. She's got a great sense of humor. I think if she were going to do a media outlet, this would be the one that she should do to talk about what has turned into a huge fake faux rage incident buck i used to use the term faux rage a lot uh, where people just pretend to get outraged by something that they actually don't really care about very much and the idea that you could be someone who was fine with bill clinton getting a blowjob from an intern and you're like hey we've got to make sure that he stays in office as many democrats were and then you could simultaneously come out and say, but this Lauren Boebert behavior during the Beetlejuice musical is completely unacceptable. And that is what a lot of them have argued. And we talked about it the other day with the Virginia uh, State House candidate who had the sex tape. Howard Stern, Buck, who used to put lesbians on the radio having sex live on air, came out and said that... Lauren Boebert's behavior during the Beetlejuice musical was completely unacceptable. And I'm paraphrasing him here. And Lauren Boebert, I think, got caught by TMZ. The offer to come on this show stands out, but I was reading the transcript on this, and it's actually pretty funny. Here is Lauren Boebert Buck responding to the controversy surrounding her behavior. I can't believe this is a real story. During a Beetlejuice musical performance, listen. Ultimately, all future date nights have been canceled, and um, I learned to check party affiliations uh, before you go on a date. Uh, but all in all, um, you know, it was, uh, it was mostly a lovely time, and, you know, I've taken responsibility for my actions. Uh, I'd love to know how the, the musical ended. So is that is that date life, is that over with him because of... Some people say because he, he had a drag bar or his... his yeah, bar, no, nothing, nothing to do with anything anybody recorded, but okay. honestly... Okay, okay. 
<laughs> so first so, of all, I'm getting the sense that uh, the relationship or whatever it was is over, right? That's that's uh, the part of the news from this. She made a comment: check party affiliations before you go on a date. I guess the guy was a Democrat, so you could argue that was her first mistake. I so first of all, that's a funny line. I wonder how the musical ended. Um, I give credit to her. I think she's got a pretty good sense of humor. Buck Howard Stern is afraid to leave his apartment because of COVID. He stayed in his apartment for two-plus years. He basically wants lockdowns to return. And now he's outraged by behavior on a date and thinks that because of the outfit that Bobert was wearing and because of what happened on the date that she shouldn't be able to represent the state of Colorado. That's what he argued on his show. And we had some clips, but the clips are evidently not able to be aired on uh, regular radio. To me, Howard Stern is a great example of someone that used to be, I think he used to consider himself a Republican, whatever you think about that. Yes. Really? Yeah, I think he, I think he did. I was Um, never, I was never a listener. I was a rush listener. I did not make time for this Mr. Howard Stern fellow. I I appreciated and thought many Howard Stern clips were funny over the years. I think he's a talented radio guy. But I think actually his trajectory is so interesting and evocative of what's happened to the left in this country. Because whatever you think of Howard Stern, he used to be a rebel. FCC was always after him. He was always in danger of losing uh, money, losing his show, violating the rules and, and promulgations associated with radio. He said he is, in the past, probably a Republican if you look at some of the issues that he cares about. I don't know yeah. what that really means, but sure. I think he talked about running as a Republican. I bet there's people who listen to us now that used to be Howard Stern listeners. I'm very confident of that because Stern's path, Buck, has been from, I'm an outsider, I am a idiosyncratic, interesting thinker who is not in the mainstream, to becoming the most dogmatic enforcer of the people in positions of power. Wear a mask. Don't leave your house. Oh, my goodness, can you believe what that girl is wearing? He's now everything that he used to hate. And this is, I think, Buck, really important for people out there listening. Republicans have, for the first time in my life, and I wrote about this a lot in my book, an opportunity to actually be the party that is pro-full flourishment of creativity. that The left has become so dogmatic in its enforcement of what's acceptable to say and do that just by being a party that likes jokes, just by being a party that is pro, hey, wear a sexy dress and go on a date if you want, that's how I think you go back and reclaim some of these voters that have been lost, particularly younger people, because they don't want to be the part. Young people on some level enjoy rebelling. And the idea that the left in this country has become the school marms, the people wagging their fingers and saying, oh, my goodness, you can't do this or you can't do that, is something that I never would have believed would happen in my life. And I think Howard Stern is emblematic of that trajectory because he's become everything that he used to claim to hate. Look, all you have to know is if if somebody 
is as crazy about COVID as he is, you can't trust their judgment on anything anymore. I think that's They're, true. They have become effectively, uh, you know, overtaken by an anxiety disorder. And that affects their ability to see the world, I think, very, very broadly, especially when you start talking about policy and politics. Um, look on the Lauren Boebert thing, the thing, the one thing that sticks out to me is they're trying to run now. They're trying to say that there's, that, that she's effectively committed a, a crime. I mean, Correct. I don't like to, this is something else that they'd like to do. And this, this, uh, you see this on the left. They're the same people. I will point this out. The same people who are writing and, and these are, you know, I think up on the Drudge Report right now, which used to be like one of my favorite websites. And unfortunately it has gone, gone over to, uh, it has abandoned the force and has joined the dark side. Um, but I think there's a, a, a story up there about how maybe Lauren Boebert, you know, broke a, broke a law Correct. or something. It's true. These, the same people who will go along with that and say something like that. And there's a whole lot of other cases or, you know, allegations against, you know, people that are on the right or in some way out of favor with the left. Those same voices will be the ones that are shouting at you for having any problem with Grown men in fishnets and thongs dancing in front of little kids at drag queen story or not story hour, but in these drag queen brunches that they were doing for a while. So Lauren Boebert, you know, consenting adults, you know, she's getting a little hand. They're getting a little handsy. I don't believe anything was exposed that they're saying might be a crime. But the same voices on the left that will try to say, oh, we should look at that as some kind of a violation of statute, maybe. Are the same people that think that kids should be at these drag, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, they use these things as a weapon. There's no decency. There's no foundational ethics or morality that they draw upon for these distinctions. It's just they, the other team we will destroy and our team we will defend. Yeah. And, you know, I think you see that to the point about Howard Stern and saying, you know, oh, this, well, I mean, he's kind of weird, but I don't know what his politics really are, but the people that are attacking Lauren Boebert for this, to your point, are the same people. Who are fine with the, uh, Virginia state rep? You know, yes. running. And, and Same by the people. way, Buck, 25 years ago, 20 years ago even, if Howard Stern saw a picture of Lauren Boebert in that dress, he would have said, my goodness, this is the best looking congresswoman on the planet. Why isn't she in the Senate? Why isn't she running for president? He would have talked about how good looking she was as evidence of why he cared about her, right? Now, yeah. the dress that she's wearing is so unacceptable that she shouldn't be able to represent the state of Colorado. I mean, I, I would think this is just a, this is a crazy trajectory. And I don't think Howard Stern is alone in it, Buck. The people who would have gone to Woodstock so wait, wait, can, in the can 1960s. Explain me, why yeah. is Howard Stern upset about this, given that you think that he's kind of a Republican? Like, why is he like this? No, I, I think he, I think he now, he has said in the past that he was a Republican. I think that he has so gone left. And so I almost think that he's afraid of some of the jokes that he's made in the past. And he's like falling down on his hands and knees, beggaring to not get canceled. Do you, do you now. think, do you think COVID might have switched the circuitry in his brain? Cause I think that's happened to other people. I think they've gone full leftist because COVID broke them. I think that that has certainly accelerated. I think Trump started to break him. I think he is the, he is a representation of someone in creative space who prior to Trump had somewhat reasonable, insane perspectives. And the thing is here, Buck, that I think is so important, and you kind of hit on it, we talked about it yesterday, there is a principle. If you are out there listening to us right now, and your principle is, I don't want for uh, uh, people who engage in acts of 
immorality, right? Whether it's Bill Clinton, whether it's in Lauren Boebert on a much smaller scale, right? If your perspective is personal behavior matters deeply to you and you would not want to vote. There's some people out there, Buck, who don't want to vote for somebody who's gotten divorced, right? Like this has been an issue uh, before. Like if personal morality is of extreme importance to you, I understand that. But I think you have to apply it consistently. And if it isn't, then I think you look at it on a, a case-by-case basis and say, well, okay, is this acceptable or not? And this is what I meant about, especially allegations that involve anything that is in the in the realm of, you know, uh, sex, sexuality, these sorts of things. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden was accused by a Senate staffer of sexual assault. Full st- yes. On the record, by name, knew him, Very was around detailed, him, for and, years, been public. And it is never brought up. By the same people who will say that the, you know, the E. Jean Carroll allegations are obviously, you know, they'll say it's yes. obviously true and the whole thing. They never bring it up yes. because morality to them is a joke. It's just the pretense of morality that can be used as a weapon. Yes. And I think we see that against a, a lot of people these days. And it is the leftist authoritarians who are the most vicious, who will, who will cast out presumption of innocence. You know, the Kavanaugh effect I've called that comes to mind as well. Um, this is something that people need to really think long and hard about because this becomes a situation where, I mean, you know, you're going to serve in public, you're going to serve in public life, you're a member of Congress. If people are going to throw the book at you for, for what really? Vaping and, you know, uh, heavy petting or whatever they call it. I, you know, I don't know what, I, I'm not sure what the, <laughs> what the phrase, phrase is, but yeah, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it is, uh, a, a non-entity. And yet, because she's a Republican, it is a monster story. And and by the way, I would just encourage everybody out there listening, figure out what your own personal line is and try to apply an even standard regardless of the politician. Wasn't there a staff, a, a, a Democrat female member of Congress who was having like a threesome with the staffers and... And then she said that it was like persecution because she's a woman. You know what I'm talking about? Wasn't that? Yeah, I think she was a California congresswoman. She lost her seat, right? She did. There were sex tapes or nude photos or whatever that came out of her. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I look at that and, and, you know, I'm saying Democrats defended that though. They said that it was sexist that she was being. The the perfect example is this Virginia Republican who was taking money to engage in sex acts on camera. And then when the story came out that she had done that, she said she was a victim of revenge porn. It's like, no, if you are a porn star, it isn't a crime for people to decide to factor in that you are a porn star and whether they want to vote for you or not. Like, if you are, and I don't know what the definition of star is, but if you are in a porno, uh, if you're having sex for money on camera, to me, you are a porn star, right? Like that, you have been chosen to engage in pornography. That is very much... In the uh, in the public zeitgeist, I think that's very reasonable for uh, any voter in Virginia to consider. Now, maybe maybe that makes you more likely to vote for him. I think that would be crazy, but you have that right. But the idea that it, she can be a victim and 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 that you should still vote for her in Virginia, and meanwhile Warren Boebert should be kicked out of uh, Congress, there's no way to make those two arguments and and have a coherent functional brain. What do you think, folks? The Bobert situation, 800-282-2882, lines are open. You know, guys rely on testosterone for energy and stamina. Our bodies produce this hormone naturally, but as we age, it starts to diminish, leaving us feeling tired and sluggish. The best way to describe it is feeling like you just can't get out of first gear. Well, I've got a set of jumper cables for you, so to speak. Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. 
the leading ingredient in this all-natural set of supplements, has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone. After three months of taking the male vitality stack, most men experience a T-level increase, testosterone level increase, of up to 20%. It's pretty remarkable. So rev your engines with chalk supplements and get out of first gear. You can find them online at chalk.com. That's spelled C-H-O-Q. There's also a female vitality stack that helps with hormone health for the ladies. That's spelled C-H-O-Q.com. That's the website. Use my name, Buck, to get 35% off your chalk subscription for life. You can cancel any time, but you're not going to want to when you experience these benefits. Chalk.com. C-H-O-Q. Use my name, Buck, for 35% off. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we spoke to you yesterday. Speaking about standards here, 
We spoke to you yesterday about the uh, change in the dress, the Fetterman dress code situation. Um, so remember, it's not like Fetterman wants to, you know, wear slacks and a polo shirt in the summer because, you know, he's going to walk around in his, in his basketball shorts, his slippers, and, uh, you know, a big hooded sweatshirt. And this is the, this is his brand really now. And it, it's worked. He outperformed Biden in Pennsylvania, which is a very, Clay brought that up yesterday. It's an important and mind blowing fact in all of this. But, uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida had this to say about the changing of the dress code. Play seven. Did you guys hear the U.S. Senate just eliminated its dress code because you got this guy from Pennsylvania? who's got a lot of problems. I mean, let's just be honest, like how he got elected. Well, I, I mean, he got elected because they didn't want the alternative, but um, he wears like sweatshirts and hoodies and shorts, and that's his thing. So he would campaign in that, which is your prerogative, right? I mean, if that's what you want to do. But to show up in the United States Senate with that and not have the decency to put on proper attire, I think it's disrespectful to the body. And I think the fact that the Senate changed the rules to accommodate that, you know, I think looks speaks very poorly. I think that's right. I mean, so the question I have about this, Buck, you and I are not, let's be honest, we're not like GQ models here. We're not walking around in three-piece suits, you know, tuxedos on a regular basis. Do you think Fetterman refused to comply with the dress code and basically forced Schumer to change it? Like, I don't understand why Schumer would do this based on one member, unless yes, he was threatening. I, I do think so, and I think it's because Fetterman, uh, the, the whole, Fetterman is like a, a brand in a sense now, right? Fettermanism is a thing. It's just if you say the right socialist slogans and pretend like you just don't give a you know what about anything or anybody and you can present yourself in this way um this this is kind of his remember remember uh u2's bono yeah how everywhere he went he had like these big like rose colored sunglasses on everywhere and i realized at some point it's like so does he just always wear those everywhere and the answer was yes yeah he always had these kind of ridiculous sunglasses on indoors outdoors this is the brand for fetterman is to wear this stuff it's very strange that this would occur, and I think it's a I think it's a bad look um, for the Senate in general. Latest offer from My Pillow, all about the best selling sheets. They're percal sheets. These cotton blend sheets from My Pillow, back in plentiful qualities. You'll find them in a variety of colors and sizes too. Best parts: the price. Queen size sheets regularly retail for just under ninety bucks. They're reduced to 35 bucks a set with our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. The MyPillow Percal Sheets, breathable, have a cool, crisp feel, deep pockets to fit over any mattress and mattress topper. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special Square to get the MyPillow Percal Sheets as low as 25 bucks for a twin set, 35 bucks for a queen set. Enter promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 for this special and many more. Again, MyPillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. Do it today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck, I'm going to read you a headline that if you or I had said it a year ago or two years ago on social media, we would have been banned. 
we would have not been allowed to continue to make this argument in public. This is what NBC News tweeted over the weekend. And I wish it had gotten more attention than it did, which is why we're talking about it now. I know you saw this as well. NBC News. Doctors say they're finding it increasingly difficult to distinguish COVID from allergies or the common cold, even as hospitalizations tick up. Remember, Buck, and I know you do, when the idea of even suggesting that COVID was similar to the flu would get you banned from every social media site and labeled a foremost purveyor of misinformation. Now NBC News is saying COVID, they can't even tell whether it's allergies, COVID, or the cold. This is where we are now. It's not something you would have ever read in other pandemics, you know, of the past. Like we couldn't tell if this was, you know, typhoid or the common cold, right? Like there, there's a, something extreme about pandemics that we've all seen throughout history. Um, that it, it just goes, it goes without saying it, it's uh, severe and, and threatens life, threatens, um, you know, millions of people. And now they're at a point where you can almost sense in some quarters. I know this is crazy, but you have to remember that these people are crazy. They're almost yes. disappointed at what a joke COVID has become in terms of the symptoms. Or rather, when I say joke, that's not the right word. I just understand. People love to do this too. They say, oh, well, I know someone who got really sick. People can get a common cold if they're immunocompromised, and it can turn into pneumonia, and they can die. In fact, that that's ha- actually common that, for elderly yes. people. Unfortunately, that's how saying. many of our lives are going to end. So I, you know, people, there's such a lack of, of, you know, context and understanding, I think, in a lot of the public discussion about this to say, oh, it's COVID is basically like a cold is not to say that it's impossible that somebody could get really ill with COVID and bad things can happen. But, you know, you can also cut yourself shaving, get a staph infection and die. Right. I mean, it doesn't really happen in antibiotics, but, you know, there, there are a lot of things that can happen, but you don't spend your life worried about it. The problem of COVID all along was really one of risk magnification or a lack of of being able to assess relative risk for different people in different populations. And what you had was people would force it into this discussion of absolutes. Like you'd say, you know, kids don't have to worry about COVID. And everyone would shout, oh, my gosh, there's didn't you see this? You know, there are like five kids in the United States have been hospitalized with COVID in the last six months or something. You say... I mean, yeah, how many people have died from bee stings, too? I mean, you know, and but that doesn't mean that it's not a tragedy when someone dies from bee stings. It's not a cold thing to say. It's just a reality, right? Things can happen. And so when you see these stories about how, yeah, COVID is now kind of like a cold or seasonal allergies, there are people, Clay, who, isn't this amazing? They don't want to believe this. Their mindset is to reject this instead of saying, oh, all right, we can stop being so crazy about this now. They go, don't you understand? What about long COVID? What about, you know, mutations of the, of the, you know, BC9729er strain? I mean, whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this too, because you and I have talked about my good buddy, Mark Cuban, who I have gone back and forth with on a variety of subjects. We have there not gotten our a... invitation to the Mavericks box yet, yes. Clay, which I am upset with you about. I would, I, I was expecting courtside seat invitations from Mark Cuban at some point. There is a uh, direct message thread that has gone viral. Let me say this in the first point. Um, Mark Cuban 
decided early on, I went after him over this. You could go search it up. I, I don't remember the exact interchange, but Mark Cuban said you couldn't come to Dallas Mavericks games unless you'd gotten the COVID shot. Uh, early when they opened up and it was stupid and the policy made no sense and I ripped him for it. Here he got an invite to a, uh, to an interview and he refused to do the interview until the, uh, the person that he's busy offered the interview request to, I'm reading directly, when you get vaccinated and tell others to do the same, I will come on. Um, and uh, he said he refused to do the interview until she got the COVID shot. Um, and he said, my choice is not to support people who haven't been vaccinated. Uh, and he goes on and on. This is... Again, Mark Cuban, whatever you think of his political opinions, is not an unintelligent guy. And I think this ties in with the uh, with the Howard Stern aspects, Buck. People's brains are broken and they still haven't healed. And until we have a full vetting of all of these lies that we were sold, I don't know how the country ultimately moves forward. I know there's a lot of people who just say, I want to pretend the last three or four years didn't exist. I don't think that's possible. I think there has to be an accounting and the people who like we fired people who were right and refused to get the COVID shot. We didn't fire anybody who tried to mandate it. And until there's some sort of resolution there, I don't know how the country really firmly moves forward. The part of this that I didn't expect or anticipate early on, I figured it out pretty soon into it, but that the people who would be proven to be wrong over time would be so unrepentant and really militant about continuing in their wrongness, you know, uh, that there was no sense of, uh, and I remember there were articles, I think there was a guy in the LA times who wrote, uh, in the edit LA times opinion that you should deny medical care to people who aren't basically a hospital should, should say, sorry, you're having a heart attack, but you're not, you're unvaccinated. Can't take you. You're too much of a burden on the health system. And people were making those arguments. I mean, monstrous, deeply immoral, evil arguments, were being made. The Biden administration, Joe Biden himself was, was essentially telling people, talk about turning people against each other. You are endangering your fellow Americans lives. Yes. If you refuse to get this shot. That was the claim. There is no sense of, um, remorse over this at all. In fact, if anything, they kind of double down on it. They keep pushing it. And that is a, a, it's a stain on the, on the country's history. I mean, th- this is not a minor thing. To your point about everyone wants to forget about this. Uh, no, this needs to be grappled with. Um, this needs to be something that uh, we we achieve clarity as a society about because if they did it on COVID, look, I, I know it seems like, oh, my gosh, that could never happen. Imagine we had some really crazy natural disaster, weather event, whatever it is. You don't think they'd play the same playbook for these people that are marching around in downtown New York and shutting down traffic uh, on the way to Burning Man or whatever, these climate lunatics? They would do it's, it's the same playbook. It's we have to be in complete control and you have to do exactly what we say or else everyone is going to die. They would do it for other things, not just COVID. And not only this, Buck, I mean, I hope it never happens in any of the lives of the people that are listening right now. What if we actually had a truly dangerous virus? I mean, one that was killing like four or five percent of the people who got it. A Spanish influenza How- levels. Yeah. Yeah. How long would it take for people to believe it's real now after all the lies the CDC told us about COVID? Well, I mean, you know, we've the got CDC, a boy the who CDC cries director, wolf. 
Yeah. The CDC director is saying that she wants to restore trust. And um, my answer to that is, is no. Until people are fired or there are mass resignations from the CDC, no one, no one is resigned. Yeah. No one, you know, in fact, resigned they're promoting in, in the people who were the most uh, zealous in the COVID policies. The new CDC director is, uh, I mean, we played, right? That's the woman from North Carolina who, like, was talking about how it's not safe to play football. And she gets promoted. It's actually the case that the people who got the most wrong have received the greatest, uh, 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 you know, promotions. And so this is what I'm concerned about. Why would I trust the CDC if another virus emerges until there's a reckoning for everything they got wrong and they come forward and they admit all of their failures on COVID? If we actually have a serious deadly virus, I think huge majorities of the American population are going to say, yeah, I don't trust the CDC to get this right. And the CDC should be, of all the government agencies, they should be the least political on the planet. The fact that they're still trying to say, oh, you should wear masks. And then they say, well, we don't make policy. We just give guidance. Yeah, but then all these loser politicians say, I don't make choices, I'm just deferring to the CDC, and you end up with a situation where no one actually takes responsibility for the choices that are being made. I went to uh, uh, Caribbean, I mean, the Key West White House, you know, where Harry Truman spent much a decent amount of his presidency, and I always appreciate that he had the buck stops here on his desk, right? Like, he is going to make the choice Ultimately, he is the decider in chief. How many leaders do we have now that say, I did this, it was my choice, I'll own it? It seems like we have a lot of cowards, Buck, who try to say, oh, that's not me, that's somebody else who made that choice. Ultimately, if we are putting you in office, we are saying we're trusting you to make this choice. There are all sorts of hard decisions every day. Decide. You are the decider in chief. Nobody's taking responsibility for COVID still. Everybody passes the buck. The buck stops here. (laughs) Nothing improves a gun owner's mastery of their weapon like practice. You can't train too much, particularly if you're somebody who owns more than one firearm. So getting to the range often is not always possible for all of us, right? I mean, you can't get there as often as you want to. So train at home with a device that I use at home called the Mantis X. The process is called dry fire practice. That's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo all electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, connects to your phone and the Mantis X app on it. Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique, scores your accuracy, and the same app has drills and courses that help you improve. With a Mantis X, you'll see improvement within the first 20 minutes of using it. This product is now being used by our Marines, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. 
Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, rolling up, uh, rolling up the shades here, or I guess that would be starting, not stopping, but ending the uh, show today. Rolling um, down the shades, pulling down the shades. There pulling we go. Down the shades. Rolling up would be the other direction. Um, uh, quick, quick update. I always want to get things right. Mark, one of our VIPs, writes, "Hey, Buck, Bono wears glasses because of an eye condition he has had for most of his life. High intensity indoor lighting can cause damage to his eyes." I have never, I did not know that. I never heard of that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. So uh, I guess I've learned something new. So I don't know, like, remember, you know, I, I you know, Jamiroquai, remember him? He had like a very special hat yeah. on, like that was his brand. I'm just trying to say, like, there are people that they're accoutrement, like think of somebody who always wears sort of the same thing in public. And that's, so, okay, apparently Bono, it's uh, the sunglasses were, you know, some, something else. Yeah, Snoop Dogg smoking weed. I'm sure he says that he has a health condition that makes that necessary as well. I mean, I've never, it's apparently, uh, glaucoma that Bono says is the reason for him to wear. I, I'd never heard that glaucoma was something you needed to wear sunglasses for indoors, but this is what, this is what I'm learning. So I'll give you a funny story on Snoop Dogg. Nobody's allowed to smoke, obviously, anything anywhere on, in Fox Studios, right? Like Fox Sports Studios. Snoop Dogg came in, just lit up, started smoking a joint, and everybody's like, well, it's just Snoop Dogg. Like, 
that was his <laughs> that was his persona. Like if anybody just like maybe Kid Rock could smoke a cigarette, I don't know. Uh, you know, you don't smoke anything basically indoors in California. Snoop Dogg smokes a joint. Everybody's like, yep, yeah, that totally makes sense. Of course he would be smoking a joint. Glaucoma can cause light sensitivity, so sunglasses can help for people who have glaucoma. I was learning learning something new every day, including here on this show. Um, so I've, I, have you ever come across somebody before who always somebody before who always wore sunglasses because of this? I've never. I didn't. I, I didn't know the reason, but I I know a guy who. Uh, you remember those? Um, I don't know how popular these are anymore, but there used to be those glasses that would adjust based on when where you are. Like, what are those called? Like transition lenses, I guess they were called. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like, they could be, they basically would adjust based on the light sensitivity there. I know, I knew a couple of people who wore those that claim that they had light sensitivity. I never really spent uh, much I, I time. I should have known better, by the way. With, with some folks, you say you criticize Bono. It's not quite like criticizing Beyonce, but there's like there are like super Bono fans out there who are going to come at you for that. So you know who came after me uh, that I still think is one of the funniest groups. I and this may be you as a music guy. You may be like you may not even want to do a show with me after you hear this. I came out and said I didn't want to see bands perform at halftime of college football games, and the band community like came after me as if I were the the modern I don't who's the most anti band person that's ever existed. I, I don't Clay know. Travis, like, obviously. like I was a meth uh, a, a Church of Christ preacher or something opposed to the use of uh isn't it Church of Christ that you can't use uh musical instruments? I, I don't know. I I'm I think un- it's unfamiliar. the Church of Christ. If I if I'm wrong about the Church of Christ, like there's some uh there's a denomination, I think it's the Church of Christ where you're not supposed to use instruments in religious services. Yeah, Taliban doesn't like it either for what it's worth. There you go. No, so, like, no I was a member of the alive. Taliban. Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand, though. You don't want, at the halftime, the players aren't playing. So, like, what difference does I it don't, make? The, band, the halftimes last too long. And the reason the college football halftime games last so long is because the band has to come down from the stands and march around on the field. I'm fine with the band playing in their seats. I want the games to be faster. I want the players on the field more and the band on the field less. Man, I have, I have no dog in this fight. I just, yeah, <laughs> I, if, if we got a lot of big, if we got a lot of big band listeners big out band there, you there know? I guarantee you right now, the email, I, we're going to be inundated. The there staff are some is like, two the players who are going to come for Clay Travis on this one. I can tell you that right uh, now. If, if I disappear at a college football game, there is a decent chance that the big band has, like, it's going to be like Jimmy Hoffa. You just never find my body. We don't know what happened. We don't know where I went. It's good. I would just tell you, search the band. Just, just watch out for the clarinet players, man. They fight. They, they, they fight. Never know what they're going to do. This one time at band camp, as we all know. One thing that, uh, oh, we got more VIP emails. We got some calls, I believe, too. I was hoping to get to. Let me see what we got here. Do we have anybody up on? Oh, they, we dropped them. It's the end of the show. We only have a minute left. That's a, that makes sense. Um, Patty, Laura needs to be classier as a Republican. It's one of our VIPs. She signed up to be a public figure. Don't put yourself in a situation where your actions could be judged. Don't be like Democrats who are amoral savages. Um, look, I was going to say that the vaping thing really, that the vaping thing in a theater, that is on, that is highly unacceptable, right? That's, uh, yeah, that, that would annoy the you know what out of me. So I don't I don't like that. I think that's very I think theater etiquette is very important. My understanding would be that like the sort of touching I haven't even really watched the video. I watched the video. I, How I bad think is you it? would um I, I don't think you would ever know it happened if there weren't night cameras. That's what I'm the, saying. If if it's if it's in the dark and no one can see it, 
Yeah, and if you not... were sitting on either the front or back row behind them, I think you would have no idea what were going on. They're on the end row, and there was like a yeah. night vision camera, which I didn't know they had night. But we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on this, air yeah, or off I, air. I mean, I you know, I had no idea. I'm like the were... person enforcing all the theater rules, so I actually like this tool that has been added into the arsenal of no talking, no phones, no vaping, and no stroking people next to you in ways that are probably inappropriate. <laughs> Not good. I went, you know, and saw, I don't know if I mentioned this on the air, during the summer, that Harry Potter play. I said I was very anti-musical. I know we got some blowback over that because the musical people were furious at me. I hate all musicals. The Harry Potter play on Broadway is actually pretty good. The Cursed Child thing. No singing. I thought it was very good. And I didn't see anybody touching either each other either. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 